ho, Tudor-minded people. It's Philadelphia Carey for Tudor Time Machine. The word I share with you this week is soever. My friends, I shall tell you true that serving at court can be a daring dance on hot coals. The dissembling and mitching at court. And yet, while you may pirouette on your tippy toes, it may not bring you the favour you desire. My family is a close relation of Elizabeth Regina through her sainted mother, Anne Boleyn. Perhaps I have mentioned it? It is very worth mentioning, for all shopkeepers and oarsmen and suitors spring to attention when I say so. Such is the delight of high status and royal blood. But I will tell you, my Elizabeth's horrible half-sister, Mary, diminished my family. She did, she did, she did indeed. When Henry the Eighth ascended into heaven, he willed a house, Hudson, to that small, grumpy daughter who sadly became Mary the First. It is true that she spent many hours at Hudson as a child, and the king, her father, often stayed and hunted. But my family admired that house, and I believe the king should have given it to our family, but he did not. The unfairness. Should not a distant relation by marriage to a woman the king beheaded not be granted the house over the daughter? What cruelty! Queen Mary was the most selfish soever in this world. Yet, fear not, dear Ningles, my family won the day. When Mary descended into hell, my Elizabeth bestowed Hudson to my father, and all was right with the world. Soever. How now, Tudor Files? What think you? If you're new here, I'm Gage. I'm Jessica. And we're here with Philadelphia Carey for Tudor Word of the Week. Don't miss a word and listen to the Tudor Time Machine Story Project. So diverting. And I pray you, tell an ingle and ring the little YouTube bell. Tudor Files, thank you for listening. Every one of you has the wit of Rosalind and the heart of Cordelia. And don't be shy about writing to Philadelphia on YouTube or suggesting words. We love hearing from all our listeners. How do you spell our Tudor Word of the Week, Philadelphia? It is spelled S-O-E-V-E-R. And it's a word that intensifies. It's kind of a rhetorical flourish. If you said something was the most delicious soever, that means the most delicious to any possible or known extent. It's sort of like saying the ultimate to the absolute maximum. Ah, oh, how wise. Mary may well be the cruelest ruler soever in history. Philadelphia, we all know your feelings about Mary Tudor, but I hardly think she's the cruelest ruler in history. I mean, in the 21st century, I don't think Mary I would even make the top 10. She's not even the cruelest ruler in English history. Your poor wits are all hugger-mugger. Come now, do you not know we call her Bloody Mary? I do know that, but I've read that she only executed 280 people. Which, if you were one of the people executed, is pretty bad, but it's certainly far less than Henry VIII, because the estimated number of people Henry VIII executed was 57,000, 
And you can find estimates that are much higher, even as high as 72,000 people. And this was a small population at the time. He was so brutal. And now we're always reading and making movies about Henry and his wives. But they were really only part of what he did. He broke treaties. He hunted down rivals. He was a terrifying ruler, but we don't call him bloody, maniacal Henry. What is the heart of the thing, dear Gage? The heart is that he was the father of Elizabeth. So he had true goodness within. I think he had some sperm within. Elizabeth made her own choices, and so did Mary. And Mary chose cruelty. She even executed her own little Jane Grey. You know, Philadelphia, that Mary did not want to execute Jane Grey, even though Jane Grey was named successor to the throne by Edward, Henry's son, just before he died. In fact, when Mary marched into London to claim her throne, which she believed she deserved as the eldest daughter of Henry VIII, Mary didn't even mention Jane's name in her speech to claim the throne, but she did condemn Northumberland, Jane's father-in-law. She left Jane out of it. And even after Jane was imprisoned, Mary would go and have dinner with her, which is, you know... Well, dinner or not, she chops off her head in the end, does she not? That is bloody. She does. It's never simple, is it? After the Wyatt Rebellion, I think Mary just thinks it's too dangerous for her position to have Jane alive. And whether or not Jane wants to make a move against her, she feels like she has to take action. Mary, I think, fears that she'll be used by other courtiers to become a Protestant queen. And Mary was deeply, deeply, deeply religious. She was of Spanish origin through her mother, Catherine of Aragon. She was very connected to Spain. And she was really committed to returning England to being a Catholic country. Jane Grey was really bold about flaunting her opposition to the Catholic Church and being a devout Protestant. She carried this new prayer book around with her. She wasn't a fading flower. I mean, she was also, in her own way, kind of a religious zealot. I'm not blaming her at all or saying she deserved to have her head cut off, but she was a person with her own very strong religious convictions. Mary probably offered her the choice to become a Catholic, and Jane said no, I'm guessing. She didn't want to be converted. It's terrible how it all turned out. But as you said, Philadelphia, I mean, court is dangerous. I think there's maybe a show about that, Game of Thrones. <laughs> it's so <laughs> true. Actually, I've even read that much of the structure of that show was taken from the War of the Roses. And it seems like, in this case, Jane lost the game. Poor Jane. I think everyone feels sympathy for her because she was so young and she was sort of set up by her father-in-law and her own father and her final speech is, it's very endearing. And when Jane stood on the scaffold to say her final words, she used so ever in her speech. Can you say a bit of it for us, Philadelphia? I will so. It shall underscore that only a vicious, cruel she-wolf could bring such a life to an end. Jane said, Wherefore, my lords, and all you good Christian people, I must earnestly desire you all to pray with me, and for me whilst I am yet alive, that God of his infinite goodness and mercy will forgive me my sins, how numberless and grievous soever against him. And I beseech you all to bear me witness that I here die a true Christian woman, 
professing and avouching from my soul that I trust to be saved by the blood, passion, and merits of Jesus Christ my Saviour only, and by none other means, casting far behind me all the works and merits of mine own actions, as things so far short of the true duty I owe, that I quake to think how much they may stand up against me. And now, I pray you all pray for me and with me. Wow. When she says, my sins, how numberless and grievous soever, I mean, how many sins does she think she has? She is a very, very serious and brave young woman. I read these speeches and I think, if I was about to have my head cut off, I don't think I could be that eloquent. I think I would just scream my head off. It's pretty remarkable how the condemned could make these speeches and retain their dignity. Wow. I completely agree. I mean, Jane Grey, she was something. Indeed. Yet some good came of her execution. What's that, Philadelphia? If Jane had been queen and bore a son, my Gloriana should never have reigned. And my family would never have been granted Hudson House. Do you really think your family being granted Hudson House is the point of all this? Well, my dear Gage, it is a game of thrones. And some must win, some must lose. What else could it be? So give heed to the files. Be a witty wordsmith. Bring some 16th century source to your vocabulary with soever. Listen in next time. Don't miss a word. Subscribe on YouTube and give me a like. Thank <laughs> you.